Looking for a new job? Or recruiting new talent? Kickstart your search on RecruitIreland.com, where people make better connections. Job seekers, find your perfect match with in-depth company profiles and handy career advice. Recruiters, advertise your jobs and showcase your company across Ireland's trusted media network. RecruitIreland.com. Jump on to take off. Growing Pains, IE Parenting Podcast, in association with Safe Food, helping you make better food choices. Hi, I'm Irene Feehan and welcome to Growing Pains, the Irish Examiner's Parenting Podcast Series in association with Safe Food. With me today is Richard Hogan. He is Clinical Director of TherapyInstitute.ie, a family psychotherapist and author of the recently published and best-selling book, Home is Where the Start Is. For the next 20 minutes, we'll be talking about bullying and what to do if your child has been bullied at school. So thank you for joining us in our studio today, Richard. Good to be back. So you believe exclusion is one of the most painful forms of bullying. So could you talk about this and how social media is driving it? I think never in the history of our species have we had more opportunity and potential to be excluded. And social media is certainly driving that. And I witness it all the time and I see it all the time. It's so subtle, Irene. And there's so many parents who are listening to this who understand what I'm talking about. Their child comes home, they haven't been invited to Starbucks or whatever it is, and they see on Instagram or Snapchat more than likely all the lads or all the girls in in Starbucks having a coffee, a hot chocolate or whatever, and they're not included. When I was a kid going to school, if the lads went down and played football, I wouldn't hear about it, I wouldn't know about it. But now with social media, you see it all the time. And that exclusion really hurts. You know, it physically hurts. That's the thing. When you see your child actually in pain, they are literally in pain. And neuroscience would explain it that when you hurt your hand, you know, the dorsal portion of the anterior cingulate cortex fires, which tells you you've, you've experienced pain, right? And what we've what they've found through science and, uh, and MRIs actually is that when you're socially excluded, the same part, that part I just mentioned there, fires. And so paleoanthropologists would look at that and say, well, when we were starting out as a species, if we were outside our tribe, it meant certain death. And so it, sig- it hijacked the signal, right? So that, that physical pain is now when you're excluded. And so it's the same part, the brain fires. Because it was life preserving yes, to be part of the group. Absolutely. So we're actually wired we're to wired be included. We're wired to be aware of being excluded. And how dangerous and how that dangerous can be. That is. And that, that, that hijack is still there. And so when you're excluded, you see someone on Instagram, uh, you know, with friends or on Snapchat or on TikTok, and you're not a part of it, that is actually physically hurting you. Right. And so and, and it's such a subtle thing. And, and teenage girls a lot, I have to say, I work with this a lot. It's a way that teenage girls kind of really hurt each other. They exclude each other from, you know, little events and, uh, you know, and it can be as subtle as there what there was an Instagram group. You're not part of that group, a WhatsApp group. And you're suddenly you're there's a new one. There's you're a not new included group that's in been it. Set, you're on this group. Let's say that you start off in first year and halfway through first year, there's a new group that's set up and you're not on that group. That is really painful. And there's a lot of suffering there for a child. And how can the bullying then affect the child's confidence? Oh, I mean, bullying is one of the most disturbing experiences that we can that we can experience as a children. Child, and we've all experienced a little bit of it growing up. And so children gen- generally have this unfortunate ability to kind of internalise everything and make it about themselves. And so when they're targeted and someone says something terrible to them, they internalise it and they, they say, this is what I'd hear a lot in my clinic. 
they must have seen something in me that they didn't like. What I'm trying to do is help them to change that narrative and say, it's not about you. It's about the person who is saying this stuff. Do you ever think about that? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if they were really confident, happy in themselves, would they say this really mean stuff? Would you say this mean stuff to me? You know, and, and I meet it then later on as well when a child comes to me, let's say adolescence, and they're talking very negatively to themselves. You're ugly. You're stupid. You know, I, I hear this a lot. How damaging is that? And I said to them, where did you, where, you weren't born thinking that about yourself. Where did you, do, where did that happen? And we trace it back in my clinic through a genogram. And she said, well, I was actually, when I think about it, when I was eight, these group of girls or these group of boys, whatever it was, generally it might be actually girls in the scenario, girls isolated me and talked about my face and made a comment about my ear or whatever it is. And then they, inter it's internalized prejudice. They took that on board. They took that as a truth. Yes. And then, then, then they say it to themselves. And that can last a lifetime. I mean, I meet, I meet adults as well who are in their 40s and 50s who are saying these negative things to themselves because of an experience when they were younger. So bullying is a very destructive thing. And so what are the steps then you would get, say to suggest to parents in terms yeah. of just dealing with it? You talk about listening calmly, asking yeah. questions on that. Again, the first thing I'd always say is that you've got to watch your own reaction because there's nothing more distressing, I think. And I've experienced this myself as a parent. There's nothing more distressing when your child tells you they've been targeted. You know, that's a very, because that, that you feel so powerless as a parent and you want, and you, uh, your innate instinct is to stop it, your child from suffering. I mean, that's, none of us want our children to suffer. And so you, you, you want to stop it, but you have to watch your reaction because you can actually further disempower your child. Okay. And so when you overreact, you, you're now being bullied by the bully as well. Right. And so you have to really think about yourself again, that whole co cold cognition thing. Yes. You know, you have to be calm. And what I'd always say to parents is ask questions rather than jump to fix it, which dads can do a lot. You know, if I do A, B happens. And if I do B, C. And so dads like the to fix logic. the yes. logic. They like to fix things very quickly. And I'd say, well, that doesn't really help your child, doesn't empower your child because your child is going to meet bullies throughout their lives. I mean, bullying doesn't just stop when you, when you leave the schoolyard. You go into work, college and then you go into work and then you go, you know, you meet people all the way the, along the way that try to annex you and dominate you. And you have to have a bit of grit and a bit of teeth to be able to manage them. Right. And so what I'd always say to my children is that when you whatever they were meeting, I'd say this is a great learning moment. This is a this is a real gift. That person's a gift. And they're looking at me kind of going, they what may you? find that hard in the yeah, moment they when they're really hurt. hurt. Very yeah. hard in the moment. I'm like, that's a real gift to you now. My daughter's moving to secondary school. I'm like, all those gifts that you meant in primary school, you're going to meet them even probably more sophisticated gifts later on. But you're going to have to learn how to manage them. And I'd say to parents, you know, first of all, ask questions. What okay. do you think that you, you know, what do you think you, you could do here? Like open ended questions. Yeah, almost. So you're, yeah. you're developing their sense of agency, their sense of themselves. What could I do here? Well, maybe if I did that, what do you think you're doing that might be a, not helping in this situation? Right. So you're, you're getting them to answer the questions for themselves. When you do that, you empower a child. And you talk about your daughter having experience yeah. then yeah. of of learning to yeah. kind of be empowered and Absolutely. look at the bullying in a different way and how then she's able to help others yeah. then. Uh, look, she, uh, only a couple of years ago, she had this very negative experience for, for a little bit. And I was saying to her one day, we we're just sitting down chatting and I was like, well, why do you believe her when she says this? Why do you believe her? She's like, God, I never kind of like really, what do you mean? And I was like, well, would you take advice from this particular child? You know, And she's like, no. I said, so why would you take her words so seriously? She's like, well, actually, that's kind of a good point. I said, it doesn't really hurt if you don't believe her. It's just the words of someone you don't like. When you don't believe them and you don't actually take it into yourself, it's just words. And she's like, oh, God, that's, yeah, that makes sense to me. And a couple of weeks later, it's actually very, <laughs> I thought this was brilliant. A couple of weeks later, I came in, she said, Dad, you won't believe what happened today in school. And I said, what is it, Hannah? And she said, uh, 
this girl was crying in the yard and I went over to her and I said, oh God, what'd you say to her? And I, I, she said, I asked her, why is she crying? And she told me that one of the boys had called her a whale, right? And Hannah said, but are you a whale? And the girl said, no. Logically. She, logically, no. And, said, and Hannah said, well, why, would, why did you believe him? And the girl said, what do you mean? She said, well, it would only hurt you if, it be- if you believed it and you know you're not a whale, so how could it hurt you? And the girl, she said to me, the girl immediately cheered up that and said to me, you know what, Anna, you'd be a great therapist. <laughs> but <laughs> so I mean, she's we, learning she's in the learning process. She's learning the yes. process. We're, I'm trying and to all immunize children, her. All children. You know, if you wrap it. your children in cotton wool and they go mm. off into school and they meet someone who says something negative to them, they'll collapse. If you teach your children, which I did, you know, when they were kids, I used to do a little thing called bullying school. And I used to say things to them. We'd go upstairs. It was very fun. It's like a play school. little play school, but a bullying play school. And so I'd say things to her like, what the hell's wrong with your ears? And Hannah would be like, what What do you mean? Why why would someone say that? And I'd say, well, is there any truth in what I'm saying? They're like, no. So is there something wrong with your ears? And they're like, no. So why are you wondering why I'd say that? I mean, it's just just people's words. I mean, you decide the meaning of those. And all of a sudden you can see them going, wow, that is actually, I'm powerful here. Because your words mean nothing if I don't believe it, you know. And you're just setting them up with incredible. And did you do this with all your children? Yeah, all the kids. Yeah. And would you suggest parents do something similar with their kids too? I think it's so important. That immunizes you. Yes. I mean, what does a vaccine do? It gives you a little bit of the thing, Mm. so your body can fight it when it happens. So it's not. Oh my God! It's not overwhelmed. So it's not overwhelmed by something exactly, Mm. and that's a key thing. And um, when your child goes into primary school and they haven't had any experience of anything negative and someone says, God, I don't like your shirt, you know, they, they, they will collapse. Like hurt. Yeah, yeah, it will yeah. really hurt. So give them the tools then to be able to push back. Yeah. yeah. I don't believe you, Irene. Themselves. Yeah. What a, what a powerful thing to say. I don't believe you. And what I, t- what I teach adults to say to themselves, I don't believe you to your internalized voice when they say negative things to you. You're no good, Richard. You know, you can't do that. You're, who's that for? That's for so intelligent people. you carry people. it on. To yeah. adulthood you carry you carry it right through and then if you say to yourself I don't believe that voice that negative voice that holds me back now you're not being bullied now you're not bullying yourself you know you're you're freeing yourself up and so you talk about having kind of giving children the, the opportunity to emerge with a positive sense of self and greater autonomy because that's your job as a parent really yeah. isn't it so regardless of what happens to them that they, they manage to get through it yeah you, I mean that's the most important thing you can do for your child give them a sense of self a sense and again I go back to boundaries because that gives them a sense of self sense of self-worth sense of you know that they have efficacy because that's that's the seeds of like anxiety there that they don't have power and that they don't have the skills to meet a future event that's all the roots of anxiety you know thinking about the future not believing that you don't have the power to meet whatever that unknown event is that's what's going to make you anxious that's going to fire your warning system there and so teaching your children that you have power you have efficacy you should be you are valued here you have you know you you have agency you have autonomy resilience in other word uh, uh, that's all this is all these are mm. all intertwined mm. that's the seeds of real resilience when your child says you know when a child says to themselves I'm going to take a risk here I'm going to go for the school play if mm. I don't get it so what at least I went for it that's resilience when a child is like this I'm not going to go in case I get rejected that's a child lacking resilience so what do you do then in the case if your child is a bully how would you respond to that yeah that is a uh, something I work with a lot you know, working in schools and as a teacher and as a principal and I think the first thing you have to look at as a parent is not to react negatively to that because your first instinct can be to be defensive my child wouldn't do that or throw it back at the school and say well that's your job you sort that out and so you can get into a very negative experience with the school 
And the first thing I'd say to parents is you got to really think, you know, I'm, I'm a systems trained psychotherapist. So you think about the system and how all systems move into a balance, a homeostasis, as, we, as we'd call it. And so you have to think about, well, where did this child learn this maladaptive response to something that's negative? Because nobody bullies and says mean things and hurts people who are feeling great about themselves, let's be honest, right? So there's a real fundamental kind of lack in someone there. There's real insecurity in, in a child. And so as a parent, I would say to you, think about where your child is picking up the message that this is how you treat people. And what I would see in my clinic a lot, Irene, it would actually, and I write about this in the, for the examiner a lot, and people often give out to me because they're like, you're kind of on the side of the perpetrator. And I say, well, no, it's a bit more complicated than bad good. You know, I've never, never met a bad child. It's back to the behaviour. I've met children who do bad behaviour. Mm. I've never met a bad child in my life. You know, I've, I've met children who've, who've done bad behaviours, but I've never met a bad child. And you can trace when I'm, when I'm sitting with a child who's perpetrated some really bad bullying against someone. And I'm really witnessing them. I'm, I'm down there and chatting to them and talking to them about their lived experience. You really see the vulnerability that they, they have, you know, and it's hard to think that when your child has been targeted by somebody that there's a vulnerability in the child that's hurting your child who's innocent in all of this. But there is. And as a parent, you know, if your child is perpetrating bullying, it's really important that you have to think, what's, what's, what's happening for my child here that they're doing this? And try to figure that out first before you react. And what would drive a child to bully another? Um, modelling. Watching so, how the mom and dad interact so with each other. So go back to the home. Yeah. Uh, the amount of people, the amount of children who said to me, Irene, I mean, honestly, no, it's, it's kind of, it's, it always gets me a bit emotional when I say it, but the amount of children who said to me, I wanted to make him feel how my dad made me feel. You know, that's a pretty heavy thing for a child at like eight to say. But they're, and they're trying to articulate their lived experience. Well, I wanted to project what I felt my dad makes me feel. I wanted someone else to so feel it's an that. acting out, yeah. a form of acting it's out. It's projecting it onto someone else so they feel kind of powerful in a world where they feel absolutely disempowered. Uh, and that's hard for people to hear, you know, around a bully because you just want to think that's a bad child. And, and I hear, isolate that child yeah, very often. I hear this all the time in school, you know, working in schools as a bad child. And I'm like, well, that's a very linear way to look at behaviour. You know, all behaviour is communication. And if you really looked more at the behaviour, you'd figure out what the child is communicating to you. So tell me a little bit more about what can happen in a family then when a child needs to act out in that way. As in if a child is bullying? Bullying, yeah. Um, what's happening in the family? In the family dynamic. Well, well, I mean, they're all going to be different, but generally you might have, a, you could have a conflicted divorce. That's something that I would see a lot. Okay. You know, a very heavy conflicted divorce. Another aspect might be where one child has to re reject a, a parent or, you know, if there's a separation there. Um, but it, it causes all sorts of, I mean, a child who's acting out that behavior of bullying has experienced something very negative in their life. And they think something very negatively about themselves. And so if you're a parent going into the school, it's really important that you listen. This is what I always say to parents when I was, you know, working at this, I'd say to them, look, this is going to be a hard conversation. This is when you're a teacher and principal. Yeah, yeah. This is a hard conversation we're going to have. And I'd say to them, look, if you can, if you can try not to, if you can resist defending him and try to think about him as if he's not your child. And we're just going to have a conversation about the behavior first. And then we can come back to your child about it. And what we're going to do as parents in school we'd be in a much better position. But if you're going to get defensive straight away, you know, there's, no, there's no, going to be nothing successful here and it's definitely not going to put John at the centre of this conversation. And so I'd outline it and that would be hard for parents, but it's really important that you do that. You try to listen to what the behaviour is and then you start trying to think about how do, how do we roll back this behaviour? How do we teach your child that that's not what you do? If you overly punish him, you'll teach him, you'll teach him not to do the behaviour so as not to get caught. If you really speak to him and, express, and explain to him about the impact his behaviour has on somebody else, 
you might start to develop, I think you have a better chance of developing empathy because that's what you want there. That will stop a child from bullying someone, some empathy for their behaviour. So in terms of then, you're, you're, sometimes what I often see in schools as well, or I've heard of happening in schools, mm. is that one child can influence, like a child who's bullying can influence a whole team of children. So yeah. they become, like it becomes a gang who maybe target another child. So how do you stop that contagion from happening? Well, it's a real problem because the majority of children don't want to be targeted. And so they become sheep in order not to be targeted. So if, the, if they follow the guy who's more dominant, let's say, or the girl who's more, because it can be very much in the female group here, the girl who's more dominant, they won't be targeted. And so if you've got one person who you can target, a pariah, let's say, Irene, we can push her out and all move, you know, focus our attention on her and say terrible things about her. At least I'm not the one being targeted. Right. And it's really important as parents and as schools, the most important. I mean, the, those those are such powerful systems. The, I, this is my PhD is all about this, the joint systems of family and school. When they come together and they're positive and they're working together, you have such a good outcome for a child's development. And it's so important. So how do you manage that balance then between going to the school for support, whether your child's being bullied or is the bully or just dealing within your own family dynamic. Yeah. That's quite a tricky one to It catch. is a tricky one. And I would say always, first of all, if your child comes to you with, with a bullying experience, they're being bullied, I would say, watch your, watch your reaction. Don't go to the school immediately. I would say, try to help your child to empower themselves to manage it. And then if it's actually more severe, I would say, go to the school and have a very honest conversation about what's happening. And, and I think if you go in there without kind of going to the school and blame them, how could you let this happen to my child? You know, where you're defensive and you're kind of hostile, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very unsuccessful outcome here. You need to go in there and be open about what's happening. Because it's a very complex scenario it's a as very well. Whether complex. your child is the bully or, yeah, or, or being bullied, it's, it's how to negotiate this because there's a lot of dynamics involved. It's hugely complicated. Mm. Mm. And parents can have a very black and white, you know, they want a solution. Perspective and they yeah. want a, an immediate solution. And what you want to do is empower your child. You want the school to be behind you and support you for, for sure. But you also want to make sure that you're supporting your child and that you're not being bullied by the bully as well. And that your cognition isn't being emotionally led and that you're kind of calm. Because if you're emotional about all of that and you're hot cognition when your child comes to you about it, they'll just learn that you're not safe to come to. And you want your child to think, if I go to mom or dad, they'll listen to me. You know. And you talk about that, that these difficulties being an opportunity for learning. Yeah. So back to the child and who's fine, who's had these difficult emotions. Mm. So it's about really supporting that child Absolutely. to process really yeah. difficult emotions. Absolutely. Mm. And that's the thing. And I think our system, probably school system, labels a child who's bullied someone as bad, you know, as, as just like it's really bad thing. And I said, that's such a... I mean, what, what are you going to do with that child? You're labeling them bad and labels don't predict the future. They write them. So if you say you're bad, they'll act that out. And so if you help a child out of their thinking and you, your thinking will help you out of your behaviors, that will help you out of your, you know, that becomes your character. You act, you behave enough. That's your character. You reinforce it. Yeah. If you think better and you think more positively, you don't do the behavior or your character is something else now. And so it's like if you're just a little bit better in your thinking about the behaviour of your child, I think you'll have a much more successful outcome. Can the labels happen in the other way too with children who are being bullied then, yeah. that they're considered weak, weak vulnerable? Weak, absolutely vulnerable, yeah. And that's the thing about how you react when your child comes to you, you know, that you don't overreact because it is stressful. I've experienced it. It is hard, but you have to show them that you see that they have power because it's a very disempowering experience and it takes their agency away and it can last with a person for their life. You know, and they can have this very fundamental weak that they see themselves as weak. And so they go into work and they see a boss who's dominant and it brings up all the stuff that they the labored with, you know, yeah. over their childhood. And it's 
terrible stuff that can churn away for a life. And so if you get in there better and you help your child to understand, and this is what I do with teenagers all the time, I help them to see that it's not about you, it was about them. They didn't see anything in you that they were targeting. They were seeing something in themselves. That's what they were going at. And so it's not about you, it's about them. And maybe if you, you know, if you begin to, to switch see the focus. that, yeah, f- switch the focus from internally accepting it to something that's external, you be you, you start to develop their sense of self again. So if you had a top tip for parents around this yeah, issue, what would it be? It's a very good question, Irene. I think it's watch your reaction to your child because it's a very stressful thing to see a child being targeted or being isolated. We've all, you know, God, it's, it's painful. It's to very watch. painful to watch. Mm, yeah. And we all went through it as kids ourselves. And so we're going to have to go through it again as parents, but we have to watch our reaction to it because it's in those moments that they learn about themselves. Through, you know? through us. Through us, yeah. And how, and how we perceive them and how we see them. They're looking at us all the time to internalise what does my dad and my mom think about me? Am I weak? Am I vulnerable? Am I, you know, and you can just see it. The child is just getting messages. If they think they're weak and then you react in a way that shows them that they that you think they're weak, you're, you're, it's just confirmation bias. You're creating a pathway in their brain. So you have a thought, right? And then you look for confirmation bias. Mom says, oh my God, what are we going to do about this? So now she's telling you implicitly you're weak, right? We have to do something about this because clearly Irene can't manage this, right? And then that becomes a pathway, which is like the only thought available to yourself. And so when you think about yourself, you think I'm weak. So it's to change that. It's change by being that. The, back to the cool cognition. Yeah. Yeah, ask a few questions, how to manage, you know, just be very calm about it and controlled about it. So you implicitly tell her, I think you've got the skills to manage this. Richard Hogan, family psychotherapist. Thank you very much. Thank you, Irene. Growing Pains, IE Parenting Podcast in association with Safe Food, helping you make better food choices.